You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Out of structure. Let's do it. We have time to run Walsh. If it's first and 10, Walsh. Any down and distance, I don't care. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And Chiefs' kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Chiefs' kingdom, it all comes down to this. A whole season of ups and downs. Trials and tribulations, turnovers and penalties, stellar defense and not-so-stellar wide receivers, and your Kansas City Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl. What a time to be alive. Matt Sagner here with Ron Cobb Jr. Thanks for joining us. Ron, how are you feeling about Super Bowl week? Ooh, okay, Stags coming in with it. I, I, that was almost as good as Bruce Buffer last night. Uh, not quite as good, but Bruce Buffer getting bringing in the Chiefs. I will say that was that was pretty hype. That got me uh, got me going. That, that's a special voice I, right there. I uh, will not compete against Bruce Buffer in <laughs> anything. So. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Yeah, I, he's a pretty built dude too. I don't I don't know if you'd want to mess with him in, in literally anything. Uh, but uh, but yeah, shout out Bruce Buffer. Shout out Vegas because that was a fun way to get uh, the Super Bowl week going. Right, opening night, we're here kind of got a routine by now i know that's something patrick said right where he's, he's, he's kind of like yeah I'm, I'm sticking to my super bowl week routine yeah 28 years old. there your quarterback has a super bowl routine kansas city chiefs oh fans that is a sentence that i can't imagine saying uh as a younger person when i was ron's age for example <laughs> yeah no this is ridiculous no um and and it's the second year in a row it's a fourth of five years to think that they were just that 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 weird AFC championship against the Bengals away from from all these in a row. But hey, Super Bowl 58, 58, a great number in Chiefs Kingdom. Shout out DT, the late Derek Thomas. I, I've, I've, I've been loving the, that kind of uh, symbolism that people have been pointing out. And so we're here, man. I don't know, Stags. We're, we're here. Um, opening night was fun. Now what was your favorite? Go ahead. Now, to be clear, we're we're not here here. <laughs> no oh no that's that thank you for clarifying that no we are we are at our homes pete sweeney's on, <laughs> on on uh in vegas so shout out the boss man he he is he is uh paroling around around the streets around the strip but uh but i don't know stags what did you take away from opening night was there any favorite moments of yours any any particular things that stood out to you there's been such a flood of media for both teams but man i i can't even get through my Twitter feed anymore, my X feed with there's so much, you know, good quotes, good stuff coming out, clips. I I love the Travis Kelsey. Obviously, anytime you put him in front of a mic, it is uh good things happen and it's it's fun. I love the the amount of booze he got where it almost <laughs> uh and that's booze, not booze. 
Uh, <laughs> it, he almost was drowned out by the 49ers crowd uh, and, and loved it. And you saw him start to bounce up and down and say, let's go. I'm ready to play right now. Uh, that was cool to see. Yeah, that was. That fired me up, too. I mean, it is probably worth clarifying that yeah, you meant the uh, the vocal booze, not the liquid booze. Yeah, hopefully he um, stays for, away for from Kelsey. the liquid variety, uh, at least until late Sunday night. Yeah, right. Yeah. And no, and actually saw Mahomes had a quote saying, hey, guys, you know, if we win, I'll get all y'all back to Vegas. We can we can party in Vegas afterwards. Right. And that's actually what they did last year. If everyone remembers, they all a big group of them went to Vegas um, after they beat the Eagles. That's so. right. No, I, I I love that part of it too. You know, the Niners Nation, or and and, and really honestly, because uh, Mahomes was kind of the one. You know, he was getting booed too in that same setting, and he was kind of okay. Niners Nation, I hear you, but it's like, I wonder if that's just kind of the NFL fan base in general. Uh, you know, we've been kind of talking about how the Chiefs are the villains, and I don't think it's just the 49ers fans that want to see the Chiefs lose on Sunday. And so I do think that those boos are, are, are kind of those Patriots-esque boos. You know, it's kind of that, uh, you know, just everyone that's not a Chiefs fan is wanting to see them go down and wanting to, you know, kind of hate on them. You know, Chris Jones got it too. He had a fun moment where he said in Spags, we trust. And it was just it. The boos came down. They were very loud for his. Uh, I think the loudest boo in that crowd was Steve Spagnolo, who does not appreciate this <laughs> much attention. Uh, so he was probably yeah. booing that comment as much as anybody. Yeah, he said he was trying to burn all the shirts they were selling like spags they were going to a good good cause so uh maybe maybe not burn them maybe just uh you know maybe just ignore them but uh no i i i'm a huge fan of, of how this week has set up so far you know with with the 49ers complaining about their practice surface too um saying that it's it's spongy it's it's their seams in the field i've heard is what has been said um and, yeah, and so they said it passed happy. all the safety tests it's appropriate to work out on but they prefer a more firm field uh yeah. so hmm. you know they tried to get the chiefs to switch with them and people were upset uh that the chiefs wouldn't trade um but this is not a random thing or some part of the the fix that's in or the nfl script like literally, there's a home and an away team for every Super Bowl, and every single time the home team practices and the and the home team's right. practice facilities and the away team practices at a local university, generally, right? Like, and that's that's the way it just the way it works every year. Yeah, last year Chiefs were at the Arizona State facility when the Eagles were working out at the Cardinals facility, and you know I didn't hear anything about that, even though Will Compton of uh, Busting with the Boys. Uh, ha- had to say it was insane that the Chiefs were practicing insane. at the Raiders facility and the and that UNLV was the the uh, the 49ers site. So, yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, hey, I I get you know that maybe your practice you know if your practice field really isn't you know what you what you want up the standards, but to make it this big of a story, you know, Adam Schefter was on the Pat McAfee show and made a comment that you know like oh the Niners are very upset this is something that is very you know th- they're really dug in on you know being you know <laughs> like the NFL is screwing them over here or whatever yeah hey while that's happening James Palmer tweets last night that the Chiefs actually practiced yesterday outside in the rain in full pads <laughs> they haven't had a fully padded practice like for a big chunk of the year you know because you really don't do padded practices once you're into the season but it sounds like the players kind of wanted it and I think that just kind of is is the last uh, kind of the cherry on top of like which team is here for business and which team is, is was kind of just excited to, to get here. Stacks. I don't know. What do you what do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I take it that way. But I also take it if you look back through this playoff run, 
the Chiefs have been the bully physically. They've been the more aggressive team, but the tougher team, especially against the Ravens, where nobody thought that they would get out physical by anybody. The Chiefs took it to them that way. There, it seems to be they've adopted this attitude that they are they are the tougher, stronger team. Uh, no longer is this a finesse operation that scores a ton of points and gets run all over. There's a lot of pride in their in their toughness and the way they handle themselves physically on the field. You're right; they're all business, but they're also showing that they're just not going to be pushed around. And the fact that you choose to play in pads the week of the Super Bowl while your other team complains about it being too soft. Uh, that's like the, uh, you know, there's the, was it three bears? One of the beds was too <laughs> soft and one was too hard. and The middle one was just right. I mean, would you, what is the downside of playing on a relatively soft practice field? Yeah. I mean, What's I guess the worst that could happen. I mean, is it the footing? Cause like, I get that. But like, what are you doing? Why are you going full speed in a practice anyway? Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking a, a, a softer field is a slower field. Yeah. Which but you're practicing. Who cares? Practice if you're going? Shouldn't matter. Yeah. Right. And it's not dangerous. Like the, it's not like the, the stadium was it Azteca in Mexico city where the chiefs couldn't even, they couldn't even put a game on there. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of different, scenarios where they're they could be justifi- justifiably upset or concerned this doesn't seem like one of them but it doesn't seem like the only thing they're complaining about either i saw the the quote and, and ever this has made the rounds what do you think of the chiefs offensive tackles they hold a lot <laughs> that's that's where you're that's where you're going to start i mean this is a team that doesn't seem to respect the opponent as much as the chiefs respect them and I think that's another sign of this professionalism, you know, a, somewhat of a sign of weakness. If you're verbally lashing out at your opponent and all the circumstances around it, it's like you're putting excuses out there just in case you need them. Yeah. A little bit, right. Laying the groundwork for that. Yeah. No. And that's the thing, you know, uh, <clears throat> the Niners, you know, they, they are practicing on a, on a soft field that's outdoors. And that was kind of the other thing too. The game is indoors. So it's like, hey, you know, the Chiefs have this indoor facility they can use. The Chiefs opted, even though the game is indoors, opted <laughs> to work outside just to be. And, and, and that is to all, what we're all saying is just that they are yeah. coming in here with a mind, a mindset and attitude, a, a business like mindset. And, you know, I, I think that extends our, the San Francisco part of it extends to Charverius Ward, a former chief. Mm-hmm. Cause he kind of had an interesting quote, um, not only about Chiefs, but actually before they even got to Vegas last week. Um, Traverius Ward had a press conference and was saying he literally said, yeah, we'll probably turn up the first day or two, but then we'll lock in. Like he said those exact words um, in a press conference. And then uh, and and actually this morning I saw some some kind of vague tweets about some. I guess there was a rumor that Shanahan was drinking last night and, and there were people saying, who cares? Shan-? You know, San Francisco fans were kind of, you know, defending him if he was, you know, I don't have, you know, that's all speculation, but it is a little interesting. And he also kind of had the the quote during opening night, right? Where he said, everything in San Francisco is better than it is in Kansas city. He was asked kind of what's different about the Chiefs or what's better about the 49ers and the chiefs. And he said, everything, which is like, okay, that's, that's kind of odd. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Keep talking at the same time. 
the Chiefs Chiefs players are saying this will be the toughest opponent we've played all year. You know, looking forward to the challenge. Like you can tell who's been there before and who hasn't. Can you imagine Andy Reid out for beers, by the way, the night before a game <laughs> or the week before a game. Like, I just I just don't see that happening. He's he's not in the club. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I yeah he <clears throat> he might take up a lot of space in that club, and they uh, you know. He's, it's, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's probably hitting a buffet, but he's not hitting. He's not hitting a club. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's plenty of good Vegas buffets out there. That's that's that might be where he's spoiling himself right now. Um, well, another guy that's out there though in Vegas that might have been a little surprising that he that he was there is, is Kadarius Tony. He is he is out there talking to media. He was on NFL Network last night giving a a live check in with, with with what's going on with him, which I I was pretty uh, shocked about. But it was interesting because you know he kind of told uh, Michael Robinson of NFL Network that that Instagram post that we all saw where he was kind of saying maybe he wasn't hurt. You know, he blamed that on, you know, it being a little chopped up and, and edited um, before being released. So, you know, that he wasn't talking about the Chiefs. He was talking about Giants fans. You know, he wouldn't hate on the Chiefs. You know, he loves the Chiefs. And then later he said, you know, I can be a number one receiver if, if I get the ball in my hands or if I touch the ball, right? That was kind of his, his quote there. So interesting words from Tony. I don't know. Any, uh, you have, you have any thoughts about Tony being in Vegas? And I mean, I don't know if he's going to be practicing. Like, or, or, do we want to I mean, see they, him in the game? They bring everybody, from my, my understanding. Injured players, practice squad oh, yeah. players, injured practice squad players, right? Yeah. You know firsthand probably that that, that that happens to be true. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But it just seemed like Tony was a little, you know, he, he was on, he was a little bit in the doghouse. And there was, there's ways yeah. Chiefs can, teams can get around that kind of stuff. Yeah. It really seems, and you know, credit to to Nate Taylor from the Athletic. He mentioned that it feels like they're giving him the Clyde Edwards Hilaire 2023 treatment, uh, where it was, hey, looking good, probably probably healthy, probably could be activated for the Super Bowl, and then he ends up not being activated for the Super Bowl. So we'll we'll see if that prediction comes true. I wouldn't be upset if he were in the game, but I feel like the Chiefs have a winning formula right now, and I don't want to see them get away from that. They've they've really figured out how to play a smart brand of offense where they're not giving up the football, they're not taking any undue chances, and they're putting their defense in, in the best position to succeed. I don't see why you would try to change it up too much. Now, Jarek McKinnon – Similar situation is now yeah, healthy, active, probably, probably has a good chance to play, it sounds like. I mean, they've been in a good place without him, but do you let him play in the, in the Super Bowl? Probably, given his track record. It's just it's, it's a little different, maybe, from given what they've put on the field. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> McKinnon is the third is a third running back, and it's nice to have three running backs. You know, with receiver, you can make the argument. Well, now they have McColl. Now they have you know Richie isn't injured like he was at times this season. They have guys that can do what Tony has done um, for the team in terms of punt returning, in terms of playing from the slot. And you could make an argument that like guys like McColl and Richie might just be a little a little more uh, reliable, not as likely to to volleyball up an interception. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm totally I mean, with you. I think. That's a tough argument to make when McColl fumbled both of his both of his touches two weeks ago. Right? That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. And trust me, that that drove me absolutely nuts. But still, yeah. 
that was the play calling uh, more than <laughs> than it's McColl. You know, I, I I hated that play call, giving McColl the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I know what you're saying. I would still rather have McColl. Um, you know, just running. The, he's faster too. He's he's more. He he is a faster player. Uh, Kadarius Tony can make someone miss in space and can be shifty than McColl. But McColl's speed is nice to have in terms of stretching the uh, the defense horizontally and vertically. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing is is the Niners. We saw this last year in the regular season. McColl had three touchdowns on jet sweeps uh, against them. I mean, there's there's something about getting to the edge on this Niners team that they really need to have. And McColl has that speed that Tony just doesn't. So I I, I think I'd rather have Tony. To, I'd rather have McColl. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, yes, please. I think it's going to be interesting. This this game, you know, I'll, I'll go back to my uh, standby quote. I don't really care about the matchups as much as as, as how the Chiefs play. I expect the Chiefs to be bringing their A game. Obviously, there's nothing left to hold back in the Super Bowl. Maybe they bust out some crazy stuff like Kadarius Tony, uh, but the the chances are they're going to stick with the formula that, that works. But let's look at some of the key matchups in this game. The 49ers are a really, really talented football team. I think that's the first thing that jumps out. On paper, if you just pull up their depth chart, I mean, this reads like a not quite a Pro Bowl roster, but you know, there, there's a there's a substantial number of known players, especially on their defense uh, and their offensive skill positions, that you kind of raise an eyebrow and you say, "Wow, this is a this is a pretty talented team." Uh, what are some of the key matchups that you're watching uh, this weekend? Well, let's start with. I mean, you talked about the playmakers, but someone has to get them the ball, and someone has to kind of, you know. Uh, delve it out and i think brock purdy for the niners has been a good quarterback this year he really has you know i think he he might be an upgrade over jimmy g i will say um i've never been a huge fan of jimmy g i think brock purdy might have just a little bit more kind of you know that the ball maybe comes out a little uh hotter out of out of his hand he just moves a little better than jimmy g too jimmy g's played good football for the niners but i do think brock purdy might be just a step above that and so I do think, you know, they have a decent quarterback uh, there. But the thing is, you know, he hasn't really played the top defenses in the NFL. And when he has, you know, it hasn't been great. Um, it, it hasn't. I know we have some stats on that. I don't know if you have those those pulled up um, on the on the two games. Um, I can pull those up after I throw it back to you. But that's the thing is, like, the, the Niners offense is all about rhythm. It's very similar to the Dolphins offense that this team played twice already this year. It's about getting ahead of the sticks making defenses not know if we're going to run or pass because we're in those neutral situations. We're never putting ourselves in third and long. And so when he, when we do that, you know, we kind of can neutralize the pass rush a little bit and we can just let Brock Purdy just throw where the, where the play is supposed to, right. He can. And, and, and yes, of course there are times, there are definitely plays where he is, you know, making reads at the line and he is calling stuff out and, and he is making the plays himself, but it's all set up. It's all within the scheme. And so it's all about messing up that rhythm. That, that that's what's all about the pass rush. And so that's the first thing. I think the Chiefs pass rush without Charles Amenehue really just needs to be able to disrupt Brock Purdy when he is passing the ball. Um, and that starts with good run defense. But when we get to those pass downs, it's it, 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 it's about being creative in how to get after the quarterback. Yeah, I do think this is probably the number one key to this game is you've got a, a, a guy who's been there, won Super Bowls, won MVPs, you know, one of the, the winningest quarterbacks in playoff history by just about any measure. And then you've got Brock Purdy. <laughs> like that that matchup doesn't seem 
to be even by any means. I think the Chiefs defense can get to Brock Purdy. I think they can disrupt him. I think Spags can throw some stuff at him that he's not going to be used to seeing or comfortable seeing. You know, it's going to sound like blasphemy. I, I live in Des Moines, Iowa, for those of you that don't know. There's a lot of Iowa State and Iowa fans here that are rooting on the Purdy Niners um, you know, <laughs> coming into the, the Super Bowl here. I just have a feeling that the Chiefs defense can do enough to get him uncomfortable, especially getting uncomfortable early and make him question what he's seeing. You saw some of the stuff that they've pulled out over the last few weeks that I've seen highlighted in clips on Twitter, how the Chiefs rotated to a, you know, from a single high back to two, back to, you know, like the, the different things that they've done in the secondary uh, that he's just not going to be that prepared for on top of just Chris Jones should be on one, right. Should be playing the game of his life coming up the middle. Sure. Oh, many, he will be missing. And, and I think that'll be a difference. He was definitely a difference maker. Uh, so we've, we're not sure what we're going to get from the other pass rushers, but this 49ers offensive line has one elite player and a whole bunch of other guys and I think the Chiefs' pass rush, especially with as varied as they can get, can be a difference maker against Brock Purdy. <clears throat> yeah, and real quick, I do want to give these stats because uh, this is from Connor Allen, NFL, on Twitter. He had some good stats before this game. Brock Purdy has played against two top five defenses this season, Cleveland and Baltimore. The Cleveland game, he went 12-27 of for 125 yards, one touchdown, one interception. They only scored 17 points against Baltimore. He only completed 56% of his passes, zero touchdowns, four interceptions, and the Niners scored just 12 points before he left the game. Those are kind of the two bad spots on, on his resume. And look, the Chiefs defense is in that class of, of elite with these other teams. I mean, they just, they've proven it this playoff run, and they are for the most part healthy without a many hue. But like you just mentioned, I do think they can uh, make it work without him because Trent Williams really is that centerpiece to their pass protection. And the Chiefs have the scheme to kind of maybe waste them a little bit, right? Like put uh, Mike Dana or Felix Enrique Uzama, who will be in for a many who on some of these pass rush packages, yeah. put him, put one of those two over Trent Williams and just let him stunt inside or even just waste himself by, you know, working around the edge. Just you're wasting your their best blocker and you're allowing your best pass rushers to manipulate the other four guys. And I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and, and I think Felix, honestly, I've tweeted this out. I think he has in his in his playtime this season, he has shown an ability to fire out and really get that leverage inside of a, a, an, an offensive lineman's shoulder and really do pry into pocket a little bit from the front. And so I think that is something that he could do in this game is, is maybe create some front of the pocket pressure by jetting inside off the snap and kind of running into the Niners garter center um, from that left side. So watch for Felix to, to maybe be more of a battering ram on, on hmm. Sunday. Yeah, it's an interesting concept to use the, you know, it's like you got fouls to give in basketball. A lot of times <laughs> that was me, uh, was, was the guy with, with fouls to give. You know, you're just going to throw somebody at Trent Williams that, that you don't believe is actually going to win that matchup, but somebody that they can just run, keep running his way, keep him busy, and, and let your let your stars go up against – you know, the, the lesser players. I think you've got George Carlottis and Chris Jones who can get home 
in a lot of situations against their their matchups if Jones is inside, if Jones is moving you know, between the center and the guards and elsewhere. So I like that concept. Uh, it's not super kind to Felix and Duque Usama. It's like, hey, you you know, we were excited about drafting you and, and you haven't done haven't had much of an opportunity all season. Welcome to the Super Bowl. Your job is to run into the gut of the best left tackle in the league and probably get buried three or four times during this game. Uh, but it'll help us win, so get out there. Kid. Yeah, no, that's, it'll that's be rough. It'll be a thankless job. It'll definitely be a thankless job. But that's the thing is, you know, in the in the Ravens game, after a many who went out, they were starting to put Jones more on the right edge uh, of the, the, the left edge of the offense. Um, and I just don't want them to waste Chris Jones's talents going up against Trent Williams. Because I do think as an edge rusher, Chris Jones probably doesn't have the same ability to beat Trent Williams. And even though it's an all pro versus an all pro, and I do think Trent Williams could probably lock that up. And so, and so yeah, just waste him. Dana's probably going to be the one doing it the most, but I think Felix has, you know, is a little bit bigger of a body. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Dana's, I guess, pretty built by now, but uh, you know, maybe the length, right. He has a little bit more length to him. Maybe he can kind of pry himself into the pocket more a few times. And so, yeah, watch for them, but let's go to the other side because you talked about, you know, that first it was kind of, you know, there's all this Mahomes, then it's Brock Purdy. Mahomes is here in his fourth Super Bowl, and he's on a historic stretch of, of playing clean football. He now has the most consecutive playoff games in NFL history without an interception. That is six in a row, a minimum 20 pass attempts in those games. And so he is going up against a 49ers passing uh, or a, a pass defense, excuse me, in that back seven that, you know, we're going to talk about the linebackers, but the cornerbacks and safeties are nothing really to write home about. You know, Traverius Ward earned a Pro Bowl or All-Pro status this year. Um, you know, he, he's definitely still someone I think they can they can take advantage of. And, and you know, guys like, you know, Rasheed Rice, you know, even can can maybe uh, make some plays against. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty good about Mahomes going up against this back end um, and, and maybe being able to exploit them. And so, yeah, I, I think that's another key key part of this matchup is the 49. You know, they're banged up and they, they're safety uh, – Hafanga, he's a great player. Uh, he was injured earlier this season. He's not playing. So they're, they're, they're down to a few backups in the secondary stacks. Yeah, again, I'll take Mahomes against any secondary. I'm not really going right. to say, like, there's a – especially after last – you know, the, after they beat the Ravens, I'm not really going to say any defense is going to be too much for Mahomes to handle. But like Dan Orlovsky pointed out on Twitter, there's some really specific ways that the Chiefs are likely to attack this 49ers defense. And it comes in a really simple formation. And I want you to explain the X's and O's a little bit, if you don't mind. But I think it's a really it was a really good insight from Orlovsky to point out how the Chiefs can put these defenders in no-win situations that are designed to either free up Travis Kelsey or leave somebody else completely wide open. If if those are your two options as a defense, let Travis Kelsey beat you or leave. MVS, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, completely, uh, you know, on their own. It feels like a not not much of a, a win situation for for defenses. And you, and Mahomes, you're right, is on a different level with his decision making right now. And I trust him, you know, implicitly to to move this team up and down the, the field without putting the ball in harm's way. The way he's played, especially in this playoff run, he knows the deal. 
He's been there. There's nothing that's going to flap him or, or, or shake him at this point. Uh, so it's going to be fun to watch him just pick apart this 49ers defense in ways that, that maybe uh, they just don't have great answers for. Right, exactly. Dan Orlovsky t- talked about the sale concept, which is basically a three – route concept um it's, it's it's kind of like a flood right a flood concept is basically where you're attacking each level of the defense to the sideline at one time so you have a flat a, a player in the flat you have a player in the inter- intermediate 10 to 15 yards and then you have a deep player the sale concept is a specific type where that that outside player is getting vertical that inside player is is getting vertical and then getting to the intermediate and that's usually where kelsey is he's that intermediate out and so Against a, a heavy uh, uh, cover three team, um, you know, I don't know if they're heavy cover three, but they play a lot of, of, of one high, trusting their a guy like Traverius Ward to have that deep third, right? When they do that, that puts that cornerback in a bind. You know, does, does he come off that deep receiver to uh, pick up Kelsey? Does he stick with the deep receiver and, and trust his flat receiver? And a lot of times he does have to stick with the deep receiver because then you're allowing that guy to just get, uh, get deep. And so it, it comes on the flat defender now. Is that flat defender going to get enough depth to take away Kelsey, or is he going to overreact to Pacheco coming into the flat? If he does take away Kelsey, then Pacheco has an open space to the flat where he has momentum. Even if the flat defender does come up after that, Pacheco's going to run him over probably. Um, and so that's where it becomes a really nice concept. But even if the, the Niners overflow, because that's the thing is, is they could overcommit, right? Fred Warner could really sell out to get over, get out to Kelsey and really take him away from the inside. That's, that's something the Chiefs have to, when you're running this route to Kelsey, that out route, you have to hit it quickly so that linebacker doesn't get all the way over there. If Fred Warner sells out, because he can, he's a great player, what do you know? We have Rasheed Rice on the backside running an isolated route over the middle. Then you leave that open, boom. Then then that's another route. So it really mm-hmm. is what, what you talked about, where it's just kind of pick your poison. And if you don't have talented DBs, talented safeties, talented cornerbacks, it makes it even harder because a lot of it's anticipation. The Chiefs also run these plays out of different looks. Like you, you don't know it's coming because it's not like they run the same formation. It's, it's, it's. They're gonna shake it up. They're gonna motion into it. So it's, it's a great pull by Dan because it definitely is a play that the Chiefs love to use, and it's a play that that definitely takes advantage of the Niners, uh, the way they run defense specifically. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the that scenario you just said where they leave Rasheed Rice. Um, unguarded or, or, you know, with lots of space because the linebacker is selling out, that might be the best case scenario in that route concept. Uh, yeah. Ironically, I think, I think the, the most likely scenario is that, that gets Kelsey some good opportunities, especially if the chiefs are able to hit one of the deep shots early. Mm-hmm. If, if you come into this game and there's no threat of that deep player, if they're not even attempting to throw the ball down the field, like they were in the second half of the game against the Ravens, there was no chance they were throwing deep until that very final play, of course. But I think they have to have some threat that in that route concept, that deep player is a threat, right? Otherwise, they can sell out on Kelsey without worrying about MVS or whoever's running that deep concept. It's going to be MVS or Watson, most likely, right? And yeah, so right. I think they, I would love to see the Chiefs connect on a deep shot relatively early out of that concept just to make sure it's on the table. Uh, freeing up kind of everything else. Yeah, and if they're smart, you know, they, they'd maybe attack the other side. And Andrew Thomas is, is the Niners' other outside corner because Traverius Ward is good. He, he is familiar with, with the Chiefs. You know, I mean, there's a chance that, you know, he, he, he knows Mahomes' you know, uh, uh, tendencies. You know, I'm, I'm, put, I'm reaching a little bit for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ambry Thomas on the other side. Tendencies too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's true. Exactly, right? And so 
But Amber Thomas on the other side is a little bit more exploitable. I think that's someone that they could really put in a pretzel um, in that concept. But let's what also I, talk about what I think this highlights is it's really the Chiefs offensive coaching staff. Yeah. Versus versus the talent of the 49ers defense that is going to make this going to make or break this game in a lot of ways. It's Andy Reid versus Nick Bosa. And and we've seen it in the past. The scales were tipped in Andy Reid's favor last time they played. Nick Bosa had no clue where he was supposed to be going uh, because they found ways to put him in those no-win situations and put him in the same look multiple times to end up in different ways, different directions. Those are situations that are intentional, that are schematic, that are coaching-based more so than talent-based. So uh, what what are some other things that Andy Reid can do to this Niners defense and specifically Nick Bosa this week? Because I, I think that's going to be a fun matchup again. Yeah, and I am going to have an article up. Uh, I haven't gotten the work done on it yet, but I'm going to rewatch the 2022 game and see what we can take away there. Because one of the big key takeaways – is how they is how they manipulated Nick Bosa with screen passes, with misdirection, with with pre snap motion, quick hitting motion, those jet sweeps, leaving him unblocked. You're going to see that in this game as well, and and you know it should be Andy Reid versus Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, you know, because it, I had this fear going in the Ravens game, like, hey, you know, Roquan Smith's a good linebacker, but you know, you make this point all the time, and it, and it's just a it's just kind of a microcosm of it, but you know, it doesn't matter how good your linebacker is, like. Because Andy Reid is so good at manipulating their eyes, manipulating their responsibilities, making them, you know, respect one thing and and realizing, oh, shoot, you know, it, that's making me give up this. You know, it's not about really if you're a bad or good linebacker. Honestly, sometimes I think the best linebackers might get manipulated even more because they are so key to like, OK, I know I have to do this. And Andy Reid knows, hey, I know he's going to go do this, so I'm going to make him think that. And then, boom. So there's so many things here um, that I think. If you have a all 11 talented defense, I think it makes it really hard for Andy to, to have those kind of things where he's scheming up against one guy. But he does this against Max Crosby. He does this against, uh, you know, these one-off players on these defenses. And that's kind of what you have here where Nick Bosa, Fred Warner are great players around them, not so great. So if you really manipulate them and let the other and, and let your players just take a, take uh, you know take care of the rest, it might just be lights out there. So I, I'm feeling good that Andy Reid's got stuff cooked up um, like I mentioned, again, the misdirection, jet sweeps, it's just going to be a bunch of different movement and making Bosa and Fred Warner think once, twice, three times a play. Yeah. You got to slow those guys down. You got to give them something to think about. Nick Bosa can wreck a game. You know, I think he had two sacks last week um, and four quarterback hits, if I remember right, in their playoff matchup against the Lions. Like that. Uh, this is a This is a player that is, you know, not just all pro, but he is, you know, defensive player of the year caliber. And so it's somebody you got to be aware of. I do trust the Chiefs scheme and their ability to to target him. Uh and I'll be watching that. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh what about what about on the running game? Because this is something that the Chiefs haven't historically been known for, or this version of the Chiefs haven't historically been known for, but there's been some emphasis on being able to run the football against, you know, some really good defenses in the playoffs especially. Will they continue to, to give Pacheco the opportunity to pound the football and run through the turf in, in Vegas? They should, because if you watch the Niners, you know, they've given up 182 rushing yards, 139 rushing yards these last two weeks. 
it's definitely something that they can be exploited with. You know, their interior defensive line, you know, for having the names they do, they don't really have anybody too stout to, uh, you know, where they're going to eat up gaps and really be hard to move um, from a run lane. You know, they have Javon, Javon Hargrave. They have Javon Kinlaw. They have Eric Armstead. You know, these guys that can kind of, you know, uh, eat up space in, or make plays from inside, but not really as run defenders. I really think those guys, guys like Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey can kind of, can kind of, uh, you know, take advantage of those guys and pave the way. And if we've seen anything from this playoff about these offensive tackles, it's that they're at their best when you're asking them to, to run block. I mean, Jawan Taylor has been an awesome um, down blocker, uh, you know, really creating separation on those off tackle runs. And so I think you got to continue to do that, continue to let your offensive line, you know, own the control, own the game, own the line of scrimmage. And that's only going to help them when they're blocking a pass protection too. So um, yeah, I, I think they really, the chiefs really should come out and, and run the ball um, and try to at least effectively. And using some of those power concepts, some of those, you know, get right. Creed Humphrey out and pulling and trade Humphrey out. Oh yeah. Or Trey Smith out pulling like, those guys are a lot – it's a lot of fun whenever those things start to work and the timing is is there and they're out there uh, moving, leveling guys in space. I mean, that's something I think you can do against this team. And, and I think it helps them control the game. They really controlled the game against the Ravens. And if they can if they can do a similar formula, get a, get a touchdown or two early whenever they have the, the scripted plays – and then, and then be able to sort of grind it out, control this game, not give the 49ers any hope. Uh, I feel like that's a formula that will continue to work for this Chiefs team. Absolutely. No, yeah, and that's and 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 that's the thing is like it is something that the 49ers have struggled with. So, you know, it's like two kind of like you know someone's ascending, someone's like it's it's just a perfect kind of marriage, right? Like the Chiefs' run game is is powering up, the 49ers' run defense is 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 cool, you know, is is powering down. So just gotta attack it. Absolutely. Well, it's about time to hear from our sponsor, so we'll take a little break here. On our way out, Ron usually has a trivia question for me, like what NFL player am I that played for both the Chiefs and the 49ers? We had one last week. Uh, so I'm going to give it back to Ron, and I foreshadowed this last week, so you've had a whole week to prepare. Ron, I'm going to ask you the question this week. I'm a quarterback that played for the 49ers and the Chiefs. Ron's answer after this, stick with <laughs> us on the Out of Pressure podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on the Out of Structure podcast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, with your Super Bowl-bound Kansas City Chiefs. Lots to talk about here. Your questions are coming up soon. My question for Ron was, what NFL player am I? Someone who played for both the Chiefs and the 49ers. And the only hint I'm willing to give this time <laughs> that it was a quarterback that played for both teams. And there's been a number of them, and I, I want to hear – how many, first of all, can you name? And can you yep. guess the one that I was thinking of? Well, I'm just going to rattle them off. So, you know, 
I'm gonna start with classic Joe Montana, right? We, we we that's that's the old school. Let's go with Elvis Gerbach. I know he played for both of them in the '90s. Obviously, Alex Smith is the easy one as well. We know that one. Um, Blaine Gabbert did play for the Niners as well. We gotta give we gotta give him credit. Uh, new chief, Steve DeBerg. Did he play for the Niners as well? Yes. Okay. Whew. I don't know that one. That one was a little iffy to me. Okay. Steve DeBerg. How about Bono? Oh my gosh! Wow. Look at me. Bono played for the Niners. Um. You you've named six of the seven. Oh my gosh! Just, just according to this article that I I found online because I I didn't remember this seventh guy either. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! It is. I don't know. Who is it? I believe it was prior to your birth, if that helps. <laughs> I already said Bono and DeBerg. Golly. There's no way you're going to get that. There's, there's zero chance. Because <laughs> it's not a known name. Um, according to this article that I, I just found on the old Googler as we were talking from KNBC.com, he threw one pass for the Chiefs in his career. And then started one game for the 49ers in 1987. 87. Oh no. Chiefs random quarterback. Just, just give up. This is this is ridiculous. Bob Gagliano. Oh wow, what a name. Yeah. What a name. All right, so those are the seven. Which one was I thinking about? And it wasn't Bob Gagliano for the record. <laughs> I'm going to say you were thinking about Bono. 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 I don't know how to say his name. No, but that's a good guess. I was thinking of the, the man with the pinky, the steel pinky, Steve DeBerg. So, oh, see, yeah, that was the two I was thinking you were. Okay, the king of the playoff, the, the king of the play action pass, and the man yes. with the broken pinky. Uh, four seasons with the Chiefs had a winning record uh, right before Joe Montana. So, anyway, I remember the Steve DeBerg era fondly uh, with all its limitations and all of his limitations. But, yeah, seven quarterbacks have played for both teams uh, so far. And I'm sure there'll be more. No, you're, and you're not kidding about the, the bootleg. I, that, I love that old clip of him just completely running by himself 50 yards downfield because oh. the defense was still thinking, the, he, you know, he handed out the ball. I mean, he had – the, the Steve Bono bootleg is, is, is epic, absolutely. All right, um, let's get to some mailbag questions because there's always good ones from, from our friends who listen every single time. Uh, we really appreciate you guys with the questions on Twitter, with the email to the, our, our Gmail box. Uh, Jake Wilson, at Jake for now, which 49ers player would be more fun to watch as an addition to the Chiefs roster, George Kittle or Kyle Juszczyk? Well, because we're the Out of Structure podcast and we don't necessarily have to follow any certain set of rules, we're going to take Jake's question here and make it into a three-round draft. Each of us get three picks from the 49ers roster to add to the Chiefs roster, uh, and you'll see from our draft which one of those guys we'd prefer. Uh, and if, we, if you don't, then we can answer this question after we do our three-round draft. Ron, I'll give you the honors of the first round pick. Oh, wow. 49ers players to add to the Chiefs roster. And, and you get bonus points if you tell me who they replace. 
Oh, this is easy. This is the number one pick is so easy. It's Trent Williams. If if you're not picking Trent Williams to replace Donovan Smith, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, that's this offensive line all of a sudden is is just unstoppable. So Trent Williams, right. absolutely. All right, give give me Christian McCaffrey over Clyde Edwards Alaire. As much as I love Clyde, having McCaffrey and Pacheco on this team would just be yeah. would be ridiculous. That's a good one. That's a good one. That, that 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 is tough because you know Trent Williams, you know he he he, he makes the offensive line better, but CMC is is just like all world difference maker as a as an overall player, and you still have Pacheco, mm, and you still have one, the guys. initial. You can still do a three letter acronym that starts with a C here. So <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's important. CH to CMC is is a logical transition. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you're pretty happy with how the board fell for your next pick, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely feeling good about my selections, you know, but that's the thing is, is the Chiefs defense, you know, as much as we could put, you know, somebody in there for them, you know, they've, they've been playing so well. I think I'm going to go ahead and pick Kittle on the offensive side again. Let's just, let's just, let's just soup up the offense. I'm feeling good about my defense, I, you know, because there's some players you can add there, but let's go Kittle. Who's, to, who's replace, Kittle? to replace Noah Gray, to replace Noah Gray. Hmm. Okay. Not not Bell, huh? I I think Kittle over. I mean, cheese. Like that feels like cheating. Like, all right, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll replace Kittle with Bell. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Um, all right. I mean, we haven't got there yet. So, how about Nick Bosa for the yeah. injured Charles Amenahu? <laughs> right, because that's the thing. It's like they could definitely use an, another edge rusher. You know, if they really want to, you know, make the defense all the way there for this game, but. <laughs> also, that would be unfair to take somebody who's not even playing this week and replace yeah. the first team all pro. But hey, no rules here. No, we're 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 doing this. Um, so from here, it does become tough. But no, I I think I'm just gonna continue souping up the offense. Let's just go crazy. I want Brandon Ayuk on my team. Um, in place of in place of Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know, we'll, we'll sacrifice the deep ball because, you know, Ayuk's not as much like a, you know, he's not going to like burn the guys deep, right? He's, he's much more of a, uh, you know, but I'm going to go ahead and take Ayuk, even though, mm, yeah, you, you had, sure. you, you, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you, I, I might've overthought this one a little bit. You already know what, you already know where I'm going here. We've got my, the final pick of this three round draft amazingly is Debo Samuel. Taking the my thing spot. is, my thing is, Rasheed is Debo, right? Like we, Rasheed is he's a bigger Debo. We got mm-hmm. our Debo, you know. I'll take another one uh, <laughs> over, you know, Kadari, Sony, McCall, Hardman, Sky Moore, wh- whoever you want to, you want to take off of the wide receiver room that's already uh, sort of out of the receiver. That's a good room. one. Yeah, that that would be pretty fun. To get back to to Jake's original question, that was that was a good draft. Um, you've got Williams, Kittle, and Ayuk. I've got. McCaffrey, Bosa, and Debo Samuel. Like either way, those are star-studded lineups. Um, all right, just quickly, Kittle or Usechek? I think we answered that by not even drafting Usechek uh, in, yeah. in this draft. I think Kittle plus Kittle plus Kelsey is is just laughable. Like, what do you even do with that? It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like Usechek is a fun piece for Andy Reid to have, but it's not the dominant piece that George Kittle would be because George Kittle can do some of the same stuff you can as a fullback if they really wanted to. 
So yeah, I, uh, Kittle and Kelsey together would be unfair. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's no way that the NFL would, script writers would ever let that happen. That's <laughs> that's out, outrageous. All right, thanks for the question, Jake. How about critically thinking's question here? Getting back to X's and O's and schematically um, analyzing this game, the Chiefs seem to have a lot of success against the Ravens' zone defense. Do the 49ers play more man or more zone? If it's zone, is the type of success uh, – <laughs> can they replicate that type of success? Well, that's the thing is the Niners do play quite a bit of zone. Um, Connor Allen, NFL, I already referenced him. Uh, he, he has this thread that's, that's really with some really good stats. And he mentions that the 49ers defense rushes four on 80% of their, uh, the rushes and they play zone defense on 75 plus percent of their plays. That's a large majority, you know? And so the thing is, he kind of mentions here too, that Pat Mahomes has actually been bad against zone this year. He has the second most interceptions against four man rush zone defenses this year. And it's like, oh boy, wow, do you zone them up? But I think we've all seen this offense evolve this year where they have gotten kind of past that. I think they really have evolved from, okay, these receivers are not understanding how to settle into zone windows, are not understanding how to run the right routes well. Cough, cough, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. They're not on the field anymore. And all of a sudden, this team looks better overall. Their, their pass game looks better. Rasheed Rice has gotten has improved dramatically as a zone window sitter. You know, finding the right windows. And so, I don't think the stats mean as much. But I to answer critically thinking's question, I, I absolutely think yeah, this the success is replicable, especially because the zone defenders the Niners have are not the same zone defenders the Ravens had in terms of a Kyle Hamilton. That guy was all over the place. And he had a great game, and the Chiefs still exploited him. I think Fred Warner could have a good game, but there's only so much you can do as that middle linebacker. The 49ers can be exploited at cornerback and safety in those zone defenses. So, yeah, I I think the success is absolutely replicable. Yeah, it it seems like a matchup they can exploit. I think the the Chiefs have the the players to do that. And I think that it's it's going to be something to to watch. Uh, If they do try to go man against the Chiefs, do they have anybody? This is a dumb question. There's nobody that's going to cover Travis right. Kelsey man to man. I mean, Fred Warner is a really good linebacker in coverage, but I, I, well, I don't he know. Could, that he I could, but then you're just yeah. But then you know the cheap. You know, then you're just kind of taking away him from kind of his main responsibility of kind of taking up all this space in the middle of the field and making you know Mahomes' life hard. So then he's just going to find Rice. He's just going to find you know uh, uh, you know I mean Pacheco. He's just you know. It's going to be a game where, yeah, if the 49ers man up, they just don't have the horses, right, to, to keep up with the Chiefs, in my opinion, in man coverage. Even though, again, the Chiefs' pass receivers aren't like, you know, it's not like they have Tyreek and Hill and all these things. But the 49ers just coverage just banged up and not that good overall. All right. Kyle Seitz at Aiden Seitz. Who would be the most likely Super Bowl MVP if it's not Patrick Mahomes? Obviously, we're going to assume a Chiefs victory here and that it's uh, somebody on the Chiefs that would be the MVP uh, because I I don't want to talk about other scenarios like that. Who else other than Mahomes could end up being the MVP here? I tell you what, we're going to get to some prop bets in a minute, but I found some that were pretty hilarious on on the MVP options. (laughs) 
the obvious choice would probably be Travis Kelsey, right? Like Travis Kelsey yeah, is a guy that can put up two or three touchdowns and, and, and really one of them maybe is the game winner. You could see a scenario where he's the MVP. Yeah. And he's plus 1200 odds on DraftKings right now. The second best chiefs player behind Mahomes, who is plus 125, the favorite for the entire game. But you know, Pacheco, we talked about the 49ers soft run defense as well, right? Pacheco's plus 2,800. He's the third player for the Chiefs. That's not that's not bad odds. Um, running backs do uh, have won the Super Bowl MVP before just because it is a one-off thing. And if the run game really is the key to this, the win, you know, the, it's not like they're going to give it to the offensive lineman, right? Or they're not going to give it to the play calling. They'll give it to the running back. Uh, just, just on that note, offensive linemen, if you could bet all offensive linemen <laughs> – Plus twenty five thousand on DraftKings right now. Uh, so you know, man, Trey Smith would have to really come out just kicking some butt. I mean, I mean that, that's that's the one guy it, I could see doing it. They'd have to score a touchdown, right? They'd yeah, have that's to score. True. That's true. If it was a seven to nothing game and Trey Smith had the one touchdown, <laughs> <laughs> then, then maybe. Um, you know, t- to that point, yeah, I could see Pacheco, um, but. What about somebody on defense? You think you think yeah. Chris Jones could be the MVP of the Super Bowl? He's plus ten thousand odds, which I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, and so, when you put it that way, I mean, he's he might be worth the bet. And the Niners' offensive line again, if the cheat, if the Spags schemes it up like we kind of talked about, where Chris Jones is is on these other offensive linemen and Trent Williams is being wasted, he's going to take advantage of them. They they don't have the strongest group out of those four. And, you know, he was part of the reason they disrupted the 49ers offense last time they played in the Super Bowl. And he didn't get the sack then. But I think a lot of people, national media, too, recognized him being a very impactful part of that game. So I do think there'll be eyes on him on defense, seeing how impactful he's being. So it's it's an, it's, it's a good. Yeah, play. I think for him to get it just in the, the voters eyes, you'd have to he'd have to have some some stats. Right. He'd have to have a sack. Right. Strip sack, strip fumble. Sack, yeah. You know, batted ball interceptions, something. But what I like about that bet is that Chris Jones has shown to be a very, very clutch player. And he can help close this game out. And and that if, if the defense is the story of the game and Chris Jones has, you know, back-to-back sacks in the final drive to close this game out, I think you, you, you give him some consideration there for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, I'm not I don't sure know anybody else on defense has a has a real good chance at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jerry Sneed, Trent McDuffie. I will say it is weird. In, in Super Bowl history, there have been a few times where a guy just has a pick six and he gets the MVP because he had a pick six. It is very yeah. odd. Like it, it actually drives me crazy. As like a uh, when I look back at Super, like as a fan, it's just like there's so many. There's just a few times where it's just like really he had like the Seahawks when they won against the Broncos. Their linebacker, Malcolm Smith, was the MVP because he had like 10 tackles and a pick six. Hmm. Like, what? Percy Harvin? You know, you guys, yeah. they won 43 to eight. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So what about last year? I mean, Nick Bolton last year, right? Had yeah. a touchdown. Had another one that was nearly a touchdown. Yeah. If a defensive player gets two touchdowns, I'm listening. Like, I think, I think Nick Bolton probably should have been in the conversation for MVP last year even with that second touchdown not counting. But if it had counted, well, I think that'd be I think that'd be worth talking about for sure. For sure, because those game-changing plays 
you know, so I get that. But yeah, you know, it's like uh, I think in the 90s, a Cowboys cornerback who had one pick six on, you know, Neil O'Donnell got a got the Super Bowl MVP. It's like Emmett Smith didn't deserve it. Michael Irvin, yeah. Troy Aikman, you know, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it goes to the quarterback almost every time, especially when the quarterback has legendary status like Patrick Mahomes does. So I think the the odds are strongly against that one. Did you see the odds for? Um, you see the odds for Rasheed Rice, by the way, plus five thousand. So he is he is the third, the fourth, excuse me, the fourth chief on the list behind Kelsey Pacheco and Mahomes. But, I, I don't expect it, but man, that'd be fun to see, right? Yeah, no, I, I honestly don't expect it. Either. Well, I mean, obviously we can't expect it, but you know, I, I, I think, I think it's really either Kelsey Mahomes or Pacheco on offense. I think those three are the the ones that'll get it. But hey, if you got money laying around that you're you're tired of looking at, throw throw ten bucks on the offensive lineman plus twenty five thousand, or kicker, punter, long snapper might actually be a better bet because. You can get yeah. the entire position group, kicker, punter, long snapper, for plus 15,000 odds. And this could be a Harrison Butker game. This could be a game where the kicker makes enough of a difference. If you have a guy that kicks five field goals and and one of them is at, as, as time expires yeah. to win the game, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's more well, likely than Trey Smith scoring the only game for the touchdown. <laughs> yes, I would say so. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've seen this offense stall in the red zone plenty of times, right? So if let's say it's disaster mode where they just continue to stall out and they need all these field goals and not, no one on offense truly deserves it, but you know the Niners still scoring on the defense, one on the defense really deserves it. There's not, there is a path for sure. There is definitely a path to the kicker winning. I, I love the long shot. Long shot prop bets, and we have a few more of those to talk about. But we'd be remiss if we didn't get to Jake Wilson's question from last week, uh, which yeah. we saved for this week specifically because we're looking forward to the Super Bowl right now. We're looking forward to the all of the things that come along with the Super Bowl. And I know my wife and I are hosting a party. We're going to have thirty some people here. Um, Jake's question here is turning the Super Bowl menu. Super Bowl party menu into a draft as well. Now he set this up with with a a list of items in each round to choose from. And I think the way that I read this is you have to pick one of these in each of these rounds, but you have one write-in total for the four-round draft. So you're going to go four rounds here, and uh, only once do you get to pick something that's not on the list that we read. That, yeah. Does that sound fair? Yes. All right. The first round, we've got clearly the appetizer round. You've got onion dip. Is, it, is that like French onion dip? Is that the assumption there? Yeah. Yes. That right. is how I'd interpret it. French onion dip, hummus, queso, or salsa. Or you, you could obviously use this as your write-in. For your dip to go with chips, obviously, to start off this thing, what's your first pick? Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with his options here. I, I think he gave us an, a given us a good little spread. And I'm going queso. I, I'm a big queso guy. You know, white queso. Hopefully, you know, I think that's the better of it. Um, you know, get those get those tortilla chips. But uh, but yeah, I, I just love me some good cheese. You know, I'm I'm a cheese guy. Yeah, queso was the was definitely the the favorite for that round. <laughs> that was the highest ranking player. <laughs> I'm gonna go with with French onion dip. Uh, my 
my wife, to her credit, came up with a found a recipe for homemade French onion dip. Oh wow! Which she like yeah. roast the roast the onions herself, and then and then put puts it in there. That that's pretty good. You can't beat you know chips and dip. I think is a, is a good safe bet for your first round. Either way, so we'll start there. Ron, I'll let you read the choices for round two. We'll do this a snake style draft. Yeah, here we go. Sweet potato fries, grilled Caesar salad, or grandma slaw. So this is kind of a side, you know, kind of maybe your, uh, you know, your kind of a, uh, you know, your side, I guess. What do you? Yeah, got? I'm going to take a right in here <laughs> because I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I like those things. I would eat all three of those items. But when I'm putting together the Super Bowl menu here, I don't know that any of those is going to make going to make the cut for me. So I'm going to be just just to be a jerk here. I'm going to steal your pick, which I already know is mac and wow. cheese. Oh. We're, we're taking the mac and cheese. You took the queso the first time. You can't go. You set me up. You set me up, making me take the first round. <laughs> you can't go cheese and then cheese anyway. I got oh, the true. mac and That's cheese. True. For my second round pick, what's your second round pick? Yeah, I guess you're right. I'll, I'll say the digestion system a little bit and not uh, go cheese back to back. But I, I am going to do a ride in here too, honestly, because I'm not a huge fan of any three options as well. And I'll have to switch up my ride in because it's not what I was originally going to go with. I'll go with deviled eggs. I, they get slept on, but I love me some deviled eggs, man. I will, I will yeah. eat up some deviled eggs. I used to not like them, but they're good. Perfect little side. Yeah, I, I did not see you going double days there. I was, I was surprised at that choice. Um, on to round three, and, and again, we're doing this, uh, we're doing this snake style, so that means you get the next pick. Um, this is the meat option here, and and yeah. he's starting off with a something out of left field, as far as I'm concerned. Smoked meatloaf. Yeah, that's smoked that chicken, <laughs> pulled pork, or burn ends. Or a write-in, of course. Uh, Ryan, you get the pick of the litter here. This is a this is a tough one. They're all good. I know. Yeah, smoked meatloaf. I'd love to try that. Um, honestly, I, I don't think I've ever had smoked meatloaf. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it's tough. This one is tough for me because I do have two of them that I'm really eyeing here that I really, really love to eat. Either of them, you know, one of them. Oh man, it's hard to ever say no to. But if the other one's done right. It's just. Oh man, it's so good. I could eat it all day. I'm gonna go ahead and go burn ends. I gotta yeah. go burn ends here. I, I knew you were gonna take that. That was definitely my choice uh, of that list. Uh, I'm gonna bend the rules a little bit here, just because you know, because I can. Uh, no, sure. Jake said smoked chicken here. I'm gonna extrapolate that and assume that that includes wings. So yeah, yeah I've sure. got. Smoked chicken wings. This is this is on my. This is pretty close to my actual menu for the party that we're having. Uh, smoked chicken wings uh, as, as the as the meat option here. Uh, I do love a good pulled pork. Yeah, um, that was my other option, pulled. Pork. But for a Kansas City game, burn ends is the, is the right choice. Wings is just a good backup plan. All what right, you here round four. Round four. We've each already used our right in. So just to make this challenging. You got to take round. You got to take one more option that we haven't used yet on this okay. rest of this menu. As your pick four, first, technically. Four pick. All right. So, I've got the onion dip, mac and cheese, 
and the smoked chicken wings. I'm going to come right back with pulled pork. Oh, my God. Because if you're going to double up, double up on the on the smoked meats, especially for a Kansas City Super Bowl. Yeah, dang. You took, you know, you took all the the meats you know I, I don't have any more meats to take i gotta i gotta go like vegan here uh, for our freaking <laughs> for a freaking super bowl party gosh you know because that's the thing like sweet potato fries just aren't really my thing you know i'm not a huge sweet potato guy um you know i, I love me some fries but the sweet potato kind i'm just i'm just not gonna mess with really much so and i hate slaw i'm gonna be honest i don't like coleslaw i just don't i just don't so we're just gonna go dip heavy here, I guess, because I'll do some salsa. I mean, we already got the queso, we got the tortilla chips, so I'll just do salsa and and we'll have a good dip time. I love me some dip. I'll eat chips all day. Yeah, chips and salsa, chips and queso. That that goes well together. Deviled eggs is an odd choice, I think, but then you have burn ends. Uh, oh man, yeah. you're sleeping on deviled eggs, man. I'll, I can eat fifteen of those. <laughs> Don't recommend that for the folks at home. But would not. Uh, would not. All right. Well, that's fun, man. I, I'm looking forward to, to eating my way through the Super Bowl. Uh, again, our menu here is going to be uh, some smoked wings, some mac and cheese. Uh, we got some baked beans coming and some cinnamon apples, You know, kind of like the, the hot applesauce sort of sort of deal. Lots of chips and dips uh, and, and, you know, some desserts. Uh, got a big crowd coming. I think everybody's bringing something. It should be, should be a good time. How, how do you take in the Super Bowl Because uh, since we're not in Vegas? Uh, well, I have a few responsibilities for the site, so your boy will be locked in uh, and just kind of live blogging at my house with the wife. So no Super Bowl party for us, but that's the thing. In Kansas City, once that wind drops, I'm downtown, man. I'm 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 uh, I'm wait I'm ruining my Monday morning because I'm I'm gonna go celebrate with the people. Are you at Are you at Power and Light in that outdoor area where where everybody is? Where you always see that. That's the you- epicenter. It usually seems yeah. like that's the epicenter of the after, but. You know, a few hours after the game, it's just all over the city. Like you're, it's just everywhere. I mean, the streets are just filled. It's awesome. It's such a good time. Again, in our experience of celebrating Super Bowls in this town, <laughs> there's there's actually a pattern. There's a history here. All right, before we wrap this up, uh, there's more prop bets out there for the Super Bowl than for literally anything else ever. Uh, I was cracking up on some of these, went way down a rabbit hole, finding a ton of different prop bets. Of course, there's the Taylor Swift theme, themed ones. It looks like uh, DraftKings went down this uh, this whole rabbit hole of, of using Taylor Swift's song titles and building a bet around those. Uh, so uh, there was one called Wildest Dreams, which would be Travis Kelsey scoring the game's first and the game's last touchdown, which I think could actually hit. That's That would be yeah. a fun one. Uh, there's Shake It Off, which is – the score, the 49ers score first, but the Chiefs end up winning the game. Yeah, I really and like that one. Something that could happen. How about deja vu from the last Super Bowl? The Chiefs win by exactly 11 points. I think this is pretty unlikely. Um, I mean, 11 points is not a real common score. I mean, 28 to 17. You would be surprised. I mean, you know, uh, 24 to, to 13, uh, okay. 27, you know, 16. They're given plus 3,000 odds on this particular bet. So that's a yeah. that's a that's a relatively long shot. Any of those that you'd be inclined to actually bet from the Taylor Yeah, the, the, the shake it off for sure. Because uh, I do think I, I, I do think the Chiefs come out hot, but 
in the case that the Niners get the ball first and they go down and score, I just think that's great, great odds uh, to get. There'll be no panic from the Chiefs, and, and that's what I like about that. Um, they also do this thing about jersey numbers, which is which was fun. The jersey number for the player that scores the first touchdown of this game is that jersey number over or under twenty two and a half. This is almost stealing money. I mean, you know, because because uh, you know, look at all the playmakers for each side. You know, you got Pacheco, you got Rice, you got Mahomes on the Chiefs, but then you also have Debo Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey, you have uh, Brandon Ayuk, you have, and then the quarterbacks each, right? Uh, Purdy is thirteen. A lot of players under twenty-two and a half, and they set that number because McCaffrey's number at twenty-two. So really, it would just be Kelsey and Kittle, right? So I, I like those odds, man. I'm, I'm, I'll take those odds. Sticking with jersey numbers, this one will will twist your brain around with the math. It's going to look like a beautiful mind with the little formulas up on the glass. Combined touchdown scorers for the whole game, the jersey numbers of those guys, over or under 121.5. Man, yeah, the math here is just – I don't want to do it, but if it's Kelsey, Kelsey scores, it's it's a – that's a big chunk of it. So I guess that's all your really. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey and Kittle score. It's over. Uh, you know, you could go Kelsey plus McCaffrey plus Pacheco. It'd still be under. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a tough that's one. On math. Here's one that I love. I got a good laugh out of just because it's, it's dumb. Uh, the coin toss, whether it's going to be heads or tails. The odds on this are a coin flip. <laughs> so really believe it or not. <laughs> Some places try to make it minus 105 for the coin toss, which, yeah, it's like, who would ever bet that? <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, all right. How about some some uh, combos here that I, that I think are fun? Um, Jarek McKinnon scores a touchdown and the Chiefs win is plus 1,000. Would you rather have that? Or Justin Ross scores a touchdown plus the Chiefs win at plus 6,000. Yeah, I mean, the odds are juicy, right? But you'd, you'd, ta- you'd take the McKinnon touchdown because it's actually likely. Or more <laughs> yeah. likely, maybe, I, I guess I should say. I, you know, that is the thing. Against Miami, Justin Ross took the field in the red zone a few times, and then we haven't seen him the last couple of games. So it is kind of weird. Um, but McKinnon, yeah. if he's in the game, he, he's going to be playing. And if he's going to be playing, he's going to be playing by the in the red zone, and yeah, he's going to right. have a chance to score. So yeah, that that'll happen. Um, Travis Kelsey three or more touchdowns is plus two thousand. You like that that's, one? That's tough. I like <laughs> it, but the odds aren't as good as as they could be. How about how about this one? How many yards is the first touchdown pass thrown for Brock Purdy? And this is a would you rather? Would you rather do Brock Purdy? Over under 13 and a half yards for his first touchdown pass, or Patrick Mahomes over under seven and a half yards for his first <laughs> touchdown pass. Yeah, it's funny to me. Um, but I guess it just speaks to how much we get into the red zone. I would take Mahomes just because of the lower number, honestly. Like you just get better odds, you know, he throws yeah. a touchdown eight yards away. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, the Chiefs defense has been pretty good at keeping teams out of the red zone. Um so I think a lot of the touchdowns have been a little bit longer against the Chiefs. Yeah, right. No, that is a good point. And, and Mahomes does score a lot of those, you know, 
one to two yard touchdown passes because they can't yeah. seem to figure out that they can just run the ball in those situations. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. How about Mahomes passing yardage over under 260.5? Man, this is I'm gonna go under even being an you know being optimistic about the Chiefs just because you know, first of all, if they run the ball well, they won't need to pass it very much. But Mahomes has barely hit 260. Uh, he only hit it once this postseason and he, and he had 262 against Miami. So, you know, it's not something they needed to do. And I think they're gonna win, you know, in a similar fashion as they have been winning. So I'm, I'm gonna say under. How about MVS receiving yards? Actually, I got three over-enders on receiving here. MVS is 19 and a half. Rasheed Rice, 66 and a half. Or Travis Kelsey at 70 and a half. Which of those three would you rather bet on? It is tough because I feel like Kelsey or Rice, it's, it's, for Kelsey Rice, I feel like it might kind of be one or the other in terms of who gets over that. And the other one might just be maybe 40, 50, 60 yards, not quite all the way there. But I might just take MVS just because you know, we've seen him and Mahomes' chemistry get better. Um, MBS is going to be the guy that is going to be running those vertical routes, and all he needs is, is one is one big catch. And he had that long touchdown against the Niners in the regular season last year. It was like a 50-yard bomb. So look for yeah, MBS. Could you imagine if you bet the under on this last the last Chiefs game and then MBS <laughs> catches a, a pass uh, to second. run off the clock? Uh, oh, man. Bad. Yeah. The – it's got to just be devastating to be a big better on, on these types of uh, prop bets. How about rushing yards? McCaffrey's over under is 90 and a half, which I think is really high given this chief's defense. Pacheco's is 65 and a half for, for reference here. Would you rather bet on McCaffrey going over 90 and a half or Pacheco going over 65 and a half? Yeah, I would rather bet on Pacheco, not just because it's the low, lower number, but, you know, there's a, there's a chance this Chiefs team, if they get out ahead, you know, the Niners may not, they might pull a Ravens and, and get, you know, a little antsy and not run the ball as much as they, they could. So I'll, I'll go Pacheco. Yeah, let's hope that that happens. I mean, if if we're talking about this Super Bowl and saying the 49ers only had six rushing attempts from their <laughs> running back room like the Ravens did, uh, I think we're talking about a pretty comfortable Chiefs win. All right, how about quarterbacks running the ball? We all know that a running Mahomes is the best Mahomes, uh, that he, he finds a way, especially in the playoffs, to get loose whenever he ne- needs to. Patrick Mahomes is over under his 26 and a half on rushing yards, where Brock Purdy's is 12 and a half. Brock Purdy is not immobile. Uh, that's an interesting one to me. I, I think Mahomes, I think both of these guys hit these overs personally. Yeah, Mahomes always finds a scrambler too in a big game. He really does. Like if you look at every single one of his big games, there is always a ten plus yard scramble or two, honestly, in in there. So the numbers are so high though, and I do think with the Chiefs' defense, you know, probably not only blitzing Purdy but also just co- confusing him and making him kind of uncomfortable. I bet there are a few times he takes off and, and gets a few yards, and it adds up. So I'll, I'll take Purdy on this, honestly. Yeah, I'll take both of those guys. Uh, we could do this all day, literally. There's there's a million of them. Uh, <laughs> I thought shutout win was interesting. They gave the Chiefs plus 3,500 to shut out the 49ers, and the 49ers only plus 3,000 to shut out the Chiefs. I think it's highly unlikely yeah, that weird. either team gets shut out, and I think that would be highly disappointing. Uh, but it's interesting that the 49ers have theoretically better odds to shut the Chiefs out um that that seems strange is this yeah is it like 
Is it one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, the Chiefs have been shut down a Super Bowl. You know, they didn't score a touchdown in Tampa. Right. You know, is it, oh, so we've seen them get shut out. We've never seen the Niners get shut out in the Super Bowl or whatever. Obviously joking. But. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, here's a random one. Which is which is greater? Which number is greater? The yardage of the longest field goal made in this game or the total points scored in this game? That's a good one. I like that. Um, I think I'm going to go with field goal because I don't think this will be a high scoring game. And I do think the Chiefs will, will have Bucker kick at least one fifty five or, or so, you know, something like that. Yeah. I, I think that's probably right there. I think there'll be some field goals kicked here because these aren't bad defenses. The Chiefs are playing more conservative. They're more likely to throw the ball away on third and long in field goal range and, and just go ahead and take the field goal. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I think the field goals should happen there. How about the the classic one to wrap this up, unless you have others, but the classic one to wrap up, the length of the national anthem. <laughs> it's the the bet is is it longer than one minute twenty-six seconds? I have literally no frame of reference here on what it how long it should be, how long it usually is. Uh and he says Reba McIntyre is singing this one. Uh, so yeah. do you think Reba McIntyre goes over one minute, 26 seconds or under queen of country? Right. I mean, you know, they like to, you know, draw out their, their, their notes, I guess. No, I don't know. Draw, I'll say over draw it out. <laughs> there you go. Honestly, no, I'm switching. I'll say under just because these odds are terrible. They're giving you minus 145 odds on the over. That's, that's not even worth taking. So I'll go under. Yeah, I don't think this is something worth betting on. I think the Chiefs are somebody worth betting on. I know that's what I've done on DraftKings.com, Sportsbook. Uh, I'm excited for this Super Bowl. I don't want to be overconfident as a fan because I don't want to jinx them. But you have to feel good about the matchup. You have to feel great about being a Chiefs fan, a Kansas City sports fan. Congratulations to Bobby Witt Jr. signing a monster contract to save with the Royals. The Royals have their Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs do as well. This is going to be a fun game. Hopefully we can all just sit back and enjoy it and it won't be as stressful as some others have been. I don't know if you want to get down to predictions or leave those for the airheadpride.com website where we do our predictions every week. Uh, definitely check out Ron's content there. He'll have some more great analysis coming this week. And I'll, I'll do market movers and, and, of course, winners, losers for one more time this season. One more game, 60 more minutes to see how this thing ends up. It really could be a dynasty defining game in, in the outcome. And it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to watch. All signs, all vibes feel feel good. So with again, without trying to jinx anything, I'm looking forward to this Sunday. I, I'm guessing all of you are too. Any final thoughts, Ron, before we let the folks go? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm confident. I'm feeling good about the Chiefs going into this. The vibes are high. Uh we talked about it at the top, but the Niners are kind of they have a certain mentality here that I, I don't think the Chiefs have, and I think that is going to matter in this game. And I think we will be talking about a dynasty after the end of this because, you know, it, it still isn't a dynasty. It really isn't. You know, it feels like an, it's an AFC dynasty. It's the, it's the Brady Patriots in the AFC, but it's not a dynasty until they get that third ring. So can't wait for it. All right. Hopefully we're talking about the parade logistics at this time next week on the Auto Structure Podcast. Thanks for spending your time with us today. We look forward to it. We'll talk to you soon.
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead